Welcome to the Arlington Street Church Podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I wondered if that was how forgiveness budded, not with the fanfare of epiphany, but with pain gathering its things, packing up, and slipping away unannounced in the middle of the night. That's from Khaled Hosseini's amazing book, The Kite Runner. I also wonder how forgiveness starts and where does it lead to? On September 28, 1993, Belma Islamovic went to bed early after a long, cold, rainy day. She awoke in the middle of the night to the sounds of a shell exploding in her front yard. And then seconds later, another shell exploded in her bedroom. The second shell not only injured Belma permanently, it changed her life forever. Belma lost both her arms in the shelling. She says her first response was that it was over, that I no longer wanted to live. And my immediate urging was toward vengeance wanting to cause pain to the people who had caused pain to me. Belma is from Bosnia. She is a Muslim, and during the many wars in Croatia and Bosnia from 1991 to 1999, Muslims were targeted for extreme violence by their Christian neighbors. One of those neighbors, a soldier named Joseph, was in the hospital with Belma, sharing the room with her as he convalesced from his injuries from the same shelling. Belma says the experience of having compassion for his plight, while she herself was gravely injured, changed her views. We need to love each other. We are supposed to help each other, she says. Joseph was injured and had no one. Belma's mother would give him water and helped him as he healed because Belma asked her to. Before he left the hospital, Joseph told Belma that you were the first one to help me. Even though you had lost your arms, even though you were badly injured, and even though it was my people who did that to you, you still didn't turn your back on me. Belma says that conversation helped to change her worldview. She began to see that forgiveness improved not only my own life, it improved the life of my enemy. What is most alive in this moment? This question stems from the concept of nonviolent communication, NVC, also known as compassionate or collaborative communication. NVC was developed by Marshall Rosenberg in the 1960s. Rosenberg, a clinical psychologist, was a civil rights activist. The idea for NVC came particularly from the experiences he had working on racial integrations in schools in the South. When asking what is most alive in this moment, or what is the heart of the matter? What's being tapped into is empathy. Empathy for others' needs, feelings, emotions, for their humanity, and empathy for ourselves. To get to the place where we can have empathy for others, we must be free of anger, of bitterness, of resentments. Eva Moses Kor was born in Romania in 1934. One of four sisters, Eva lived in a small town and with her sisters went to school in a one-room schoolhouse. They lived rather well off in comparison to others. 
1940, their village was occupied by Hungarian Nazis. Four years later, Eva and her family were moved to a ghetto, and just weeks later, after 70 hours in a packed cattle car, they arrived at Auschwitz concentration camp. Eva's father and two older sisters were immediately taken from the family. She never saw them again. Shortly after, Eva's mother was taken, leaving only Eva and her identical twin sister Miriam alive from their family. Eva and Miriam were not killed because they were selected to be part of experiments performed by Dr. Joseph Mengele. Known as the Angel of Death, his goal was to kill as many Jews and other so-called undesirables, including the disabled, gay, gypsies, and political prisoners, among others, as part of the final solution as dreamed of by Hitler. Mengele added Eva and Miriam to his experiments. Eva almost died while in Auschwitz, and Miriam suffered permanent kidney damage. Amazingly, they survived, and in 1945, they were liberated. They went home to an aunt's house in Romania and suffered under the communist takeover. Thankfully, they managed to get approval to immigrate to Israel. There, life began anew. Eva ended up graduating from an agricultural college, serving as a sergeant major in the Israeli Engineering Corps, and then getting married and moving to the United States. Today, Eva is known as a peace activist and for her work on forgiveness. It was a personal journey that brought her from hating the Nazis to publicly forgiving them. It was one person's pain that changed her view. In 1993, Eva was asked to speak to a consortium of doctors in Boston and also asked if she could bring one of the Nazi doctors with her. She found Dr. Hans Munch who knew Mengele but had not worked with him. When Eva asked him if he knew of what had happened at the concentration camps about the gas chambers, he replied, this is the nightmare that I live with. I was surprised that Nazis had nightmares too, Eva says. But the suffering of this man brought Eva to a new place. The compassion she felt for his suffering led her to desire to do something for him, and the only thing she could do was to forgive. My forgiving the Nazis is a gift of freedom I gave myself, she says, a gift of peace for myself. It is also a gift of peace for everybody who wants it. Both peace and war begin in the heart and mind of one person. Pain and anger are the seeds for war. Forgiveness is the seed for peace. Eva publicly forgave the Nazis, but more significantly, Eva says she forgave her parents for not saving her from the Nazis, and she forgave herself for hating her parents. The New American Oxford Dictionary defines the word forgive as to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake, or to cancel a debt. Forgiveness is an action, and it's something we normally associate with another. I forgive you, or will you forgive me? It's an action fraught with the connotation of power and also heavily burdened with fear. Fear. What if someone says, no, I won't forgive you? Or what if I can't forgive? Dr. Dennis Coates, a learning and assessment expert, writes this of forgiveness. When one human being harms another, 
The perpetrator lives with the burden of guilt. To atone, he or she can admit responsibility, resolve never to do it again, make restitution, apologize, and ask for forgiveness. When the victim expresses forgiveness, some of that burden may be lifted. Whether the guilty does any of these things, however, the victim experiences a burden as well. It's the burden of pain and anger. The only thing that can lift this burden is forgiveness. It takes strength to forgive. You decide to stop nurturing hate, resentment, bitterness, and other bad feelings about what happened. When you do, the burden is lifted from your heart and mind. What happened in the past stops being a part of your present and your future. You walk away from the incident, leaving it in the past. Forgiveness is about today. It truly is about having the ability to live in the present without being encumbered by past experiences or by fear of the future. Forgiveness is about freedom, not absolving another of an action, but rather the freedom to live your own life without being dominated by the actions of someone else. According to Archbishop Desmond Tutu, forgiveness does not mean condoning what has been done. It means taking what has happened seriously and not minimizing it, drawing out the sting in the memory that threatens to poison our entire existence. Resentment can and does completely dominate our lives to the point where we let our anger, our resentment towards someone else, or over a wrong, be the focal point of existence. To the extent that anger controls us, so too does the perpetrator of that wrong. Resentment can utterly corrupt our worldview. Noah Levine, American Buddhist teacher and author, writes that forgiveness is not just a selfish pursuit of personal satisfaction or righteousness. It actually alleviates the amount of suffering in the world. As each one of us frees ourselves from clinging to resentments that cause suffering, we relieve our friends, family, and community of the burden of our unhappiness. This is not a philosophical proposal. It is a verifiable and practical truth. Through our suffering and lack of forgiveness, we tend to do all kinds of th unskillful things that hurt others. We close ourselves off from love, for example, out of fear of further pains or betrayals. This alone, a lack of openness to the love shown to us, is a way that we cause harm to our loved ones. The closed heart lets no one in or out. As Eva says, forgiveness is a miracle medicine with no side effects. If Belma can do it and Eva can do it, we can do it. It's up to us. May we open our hearts to forgiveness and to redefining ourselves beyond our experiences to bring healing, transformation, and the possibility of a life lived fully. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a donation by checking the mail or through our website.